I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town Podcast. In episode 112 of the Food About Town Podcast, Chris Clemens from Exploring Upstate came over to the studio, and we kind of just hung around for a little bit. We talked about some current news in Rochester with the closing of Joe Bean, talked about some recent media stuff, and talked about his adventures around upstate New York. We did kind of define what upstate was along the way, and I'm sure that's a controversial thing for some people in the audience, but we did it anyways, and talked about some of our recent trips around the Finger Lakes and some other cultural experiences. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, you can let me know, Food About Town on Facebook, at Stromy on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find Chris on exploringupstate.com, Exploring Upstate on Facebook. And how do you spell the other ones there, Chris, on Instagram? Hold on, hold on. I got to turn your mic back on. E-X-P-L-R Upstate. On Instagram. And Twitter. And Twitter. Because both of those platforms doesn't allow for that one extra character. The worst. Bastards. Well, thank you for contributing there, Mr. Clemens. Thanks for having me, as always. And I hope everybody enjoys this episode. You will. (laughs) Now to the music interlude. this now is this mid midsummer mr mr guest uh i would say that it's late summer yeah late summer so we're recording live at the food about town studio i mean not live for you you're listening to this recorded because are you really gonna mess around with that <laughs> i can't leave stuff out when he comes over here he just can't help himself i was trying to come up with some sort of sound to uh make it properly live is that gonna be like your punchline? yeah you like- can't you can't even edit out the drill sound <laughs> <laughs> so across from me is um a man with a title that he's not sure he actually wants anymore <laughs> the uh the chief exploring officer from exploring upstate that's me mr chris clemens hey man howdy howdy so we're not swimming today no although I may be swimming later. It's a good night for it. Yeah. Seems, you know, it's been a long, drawn-out summer already. I'm ready for it to be over. I'm ready for every season to be over, <laughs> is what it comes down to. Every season that we're in, I'm just ready for it to be over. Right when they start. Yeah. I, uh, I, I look forward to fall every year. So yeah. It's been a very hot, muggy summer, which I've had a hard time uh, tolerating. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you using my pool. Oh, I appreciate you having it. <laughs> So, we are here to talk about stuff. All kinds of different stuff. Yeah. So, before we do, I think you you brought some drink. I did. And let's talk about that for a second before we start talking about 
they were actually going to do some current events, yeah. current Rochester events today that are, this is all, this will be out tomorrow. Um, and we're going to talk about a few local events that happened this week in the food and drink area <laughs> and drink some local juice. Why don't you tell us what you have over there? Yeah, so I I feel like I've a lot of people have brought stuff and you have uh, sipped things on air. So I do sip things. Yes. Yeah, and I actually I feel like I've brought stuff in the past and you haven't always liked it, but I yeah. figured I'd give it a chance again. So as you know, for you um, haven't liked some of the things I've given you, like mayonnaise. <laughs> I definitely didn't like it all, um, but we knew that in advance. Yeah. Um, so uh, you you know not everyone maybe knows that I don't drink alcohol anymore. Yes. And uh, so a while back. Um, so you were really good at it, <laughs> and now you don't do it at all. <laughs> I had my share. Yeah. And other people's shares. <laughs> um. So uh, as you know, with exploring upstate, and actually even prior to me having um, the blog, that I would constantly travel around and do day trips and see things and go places. And I really got pretty irritated with the fact that I would go to local wineries with friends and they would have nothing for me except water. Yeah. And I, from, I mean, I didn't drink until 30 and that was always a point of contention for me as well. Right. I hated going to wine tours because they never had anything good except for occasionally a Sprite. Yeah, and sometimes they had like a random root beer in a bottle. Yep. And that was the best you could hope for right. most of the time. Which, to be honest, if someone... I mean, I mean, there's no excuse for not buying a six-pack of Saranac and keeping it in your cooler for somebody that yeah, doesn't Yeah, I mean, that's, that is the least amount of effort you should put Ex- into exactly. it. Exactly. Um, but there are a whole bunch of wineries and breweries and places in the Finger Lakes that are making really great non-alcoholic stuff. And I think you probably remember this a few years ago. I went and found all of them. Yeah, um, it was a pretty exhaustive trip. You went all around the Finger Lakes. I did. It was a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, and actually, I know um, since then, there have been a couple places that have popped up that are starting to do others. So I, I'd like to revisit it. But during that excursion, one of the places I discovered was Heron Hill Winery. They do, um, not discovered for the first time I knew of them, but I discovered their NA stuff. And they've got, they do a couple things. They do what's called the Dancing Bear Okay. Um, which is a grape iced tea. Interesting. Which I love. By the way, Dancing Bear, um, today's actually a very special day. Oh, is it a special day? It, yeah. It's, it's So today's August 9th. Today is the anniversary of Jerry Garcia passing um, in 1995. I know you're not a big Grateful Dead fan. No, but it's for you. I know you're For me, it was a, it. it's a big thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it's not like I've had a, a heavy heart of de- depression all day today, but um, it's tough to not uh, think about it every time. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, it's something you've there. spent a lot of time on over your years listening Absolutely. to them. Absolutely. Very influential. Yeah. Um, so we could drink some grape juice to Jerry. Sounds so good. I mentioned their dancing bear. The dancing bear is what reminded me of Jerry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so this is their uh, seedless Concord grape juice, but they mix a little bit of apple cider. Um, and I, of the wineries that I've found who are doing grape juices, I haven't found anyone else who's doing an apple cider in there. So, No, I um, like that because there's obviously our region is rich in apple growing. Concord grapes are... They basically grow like weeds around here um, because they are, you know, they're a native grape. I think it's native, not a hybrid. I think they're a native grape. And hardy. Yeah, very hardy, very cold tolerant. And the absolute vast majority of this goes into juice production for 
you know, your typical juice companies, your Welch's, all those kind of places. Welch's gets most of their Concord grapes from Fulkerson. Really? I didn't Mo- know it was one most place. Of it. Yeah, most of it. So I mean, yeah. I'm, sure they, I'm sure they rely on multiple suppliers, but Fulkerson yeah. provides the majority of Welch's um, Concord oh, see, I supply. Didn't, I didn't know that because I, I know there's, there is a lot of juice production here in upstate, whether yeah. it's apple or grape. Yeah. We actually, we're pretty influential when it comes to juice production. Yeah. Smells like Concord grape juice. Smell, it smells like Concord grape juice, but it does. Um, so I haven't taken a sip yet. I haven't had this in probably a few months, but there is just a little bit of hint of apple at the end. Yeah, it doesn't smell. It doesn't smell like just grape jelly, which a lot of Concord grape things can do. Right. The other thing that I like about their Dancing Bear, which, which I don't have. I know you can buy it. You can buy it right there, but you can also buy it in the Wegmans in Canandaigua. Um, it's a grape iced tea, so you taste a lot of grape um but that it's they, they use a black tea which we know is a technically a red tea um which cuts the sweetness just a little bit yeah which i think um, is a good a, idea yeah it's a little bit cleaner so the nice thing about this is a lot of standard grape juices can be almost syrupy yeah and i think the apple actually helps i yeah. mean it is sweet there's no doubt about that. totally it is a sweet product yeah. but i think the apple doesn't make it quite as concentrated you know agreed most grape juice tastes like concentrate, and it's a bit much. Yeah. Yeah, it can be. A little bit saccharine Yeah. Yep. But this is pretty tasty. Now, would I prefer to drink a what? properly fermented one? Of course. Did I just impress Chris Lindstrom with something? Impressed is a very strong word, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reaching at straws, man. How long have we known each other? Oh God! Six how, is it? Six years seven, now? I don't know. I remember the, the day we met. I remember that we met um, with mutual hatred, and <laughs> I don't know. The, I don't know. That that's how we hatred. met. I'm not sure it was hatred. A but mutual distaste yeah. for the situation we were in where we met. Yeah, irritation. Now we can't say what it was, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, we. I think we were both. We were both in a networking event where we were both kind of like, "This is not working." I don't like. I think we both met each other's eyes across the room and said <laughs> boy romance story boy, boy t- do i hate networking that that was the eye look we gave each other that was part of it you know i remember actually um that event also i remember going to it and uh going up to the person who one of the the two people who arranged it and i she's like oh we've got this and we've got this, we've got this. And I'm like, oh, what do you have without, without alcohol in it? And there's, there's like this punch and this sangria and this wine. And, and she's like, uh, I can have someone find you a glass of water. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going <laughs> to like this at all. <laughs> and then so met, much has changed. And then I met Chris Lindstrom. Yeah, so much has changed. It has, actually. Yeah, we, we both. yet, so much hasn't. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> So we're sipping on some Heron Hill grape and apple juice. And while we're sipping, let's talk about the, I mean, the big news of the week here in Rochester, at least, at least for me, and I know you've spent a few, fair amount of time there, yeah. is the changing of the style of Joe Bean, uh, Joe Bean Roasters. Yeah, I think the um, magnitude of the news could probably be described by the fact that I sent you a text and said, holy crap, or what the hell, or something like that. I don't even remember what I said, yeah. but that was all I said. And you're like, and you like texted back your answer. You're like, I know it's uh, interesting news. And like, you knew exactly what I was talking oh, about. Oh, of course I did. Um, 
Well, so. it's it's hard. And I it was one of those things when the news came out that um, for those that haven't heard already, I'm not sure how you could if you're following the food and drink scene here in Rochester, but the basically the front end of the uh, business at Joe Bean is closing down, and they're going to be moving to a different location and stripping away the kitchen and bar part of it and kind of going back to proto Joe Bean when it was, you know, roastery first and a little bit of coffee bar maybe. Mm-hmm. That even hasn't been defined yet. Mm-hmm. So it kind of threw some shockwaves around the Rochester scene. A lot of interesting, you know, comments on social media, a lot yeah. of, you know, people writing about it uh, in the newspaper. I know Tracy Schumacher wrote about it in the DNC. Okay. And that was, it was a really interesting seeing the reaction to that. Well, I mean, as someone who, I, I've been born and raised in Rochester, um, and I've always been part of the coffee scene in, in some way. I mean, J- Java Joe's, and then when it became Java's on Gibbs Street, I mean, I think I've spent more time there than maybe any other place ever. Yeah. <laughs> Other than my actual home, right? Um, so I, I mean, the coffee scene was always something that I followed. I remember stopping into—I don't even know what the original name of it was, but the original Joe Bean and Webster. Oh, um, you actually went up there. I, I didn't I did. know you went yeah, to that. Yeah. One. Oh, yeah. It was a very odd experience. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I think the night that I went in there, I seem to recall it being a Wednesday, um, and there was some sort of like. Bible study group sure that night who was they were like oh yeah well we're not really open but um we have uh, this group you're welcome to join us and I'm like I'll take the coffee and I I have a place to be I I have to not be here right now <laughs> so um so yeah so in, in in following along I mean it would be tough to say that the coffee scene could exist the way it does currently without um Joe Bean but yeah. Um, so I, I think that's probably why people are having such a uh, an emotional response. Yeah, I think there's some nostalgia now. I mean, as weird as it is, Joe Bean's been around in downtown now for seven years. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, I've spent more time there, like just like you and Java. Right, right, right. I've probably spent more time there than, I don't think it's even probably, I've definitely spent more time there than any other place in rochester other than work and home yeah there's been times when it's been like a friday at eight o'clock and i'm like man i got nothing to do i'll bet chris is at joe bean and i just show up there was a pretty good chance yeah, of that yeah, for a long just time hanging out there yeah pretty good chance i mean i'm i haven't been spending quite as much time in you know the last year and change even year or two but it's there were a lot of weeks when i was spending two or three nights a week mm-hmm. for two or three hours a night sitting at the bar and learning about coffee and mm-hmm. uh, eventually learning about craft beer and other things like that. Yeah. Cause that was my, it was a place where I could really nerd out about things mm-hmm. and almost anything. Yeah. And I think for me that's, um, and we'll, we're actually going to talk about this a little bit too, cause the topic today, uh, this is Thursday. Um, I don't know what the day is actually Thursday, August 9th. So will be coming out the 10th. But uh, the topic on the second hour of Connections today was talking about the local coffee scene. Right. And it's, you know, um, one of my comments was read on the air. But for me, everything about specialty coffee rings to everything that I love in food and drink. It's all the 
specificity. It's <laughs> it's the fussiness. It's the attention to detail. It's trying to be the best you can possibly be at a thing. Mm. And it's something that when I started going to Joe Bean, I I told this on the the uh, podcast I did when I had all uh, uh, three of the owners over uh, a couple months ago. The episode came out about a month ago where I interviewed uh, Ben Turiano, Kathy Turiano, and uh, Dina Jones talking about the history of Joe Bean. And I, I remember tasting their shaken cold brew out at the Lilac... F- no, yeah, I was out at the Lilac Festival mm-hmm. out in front of one of the buildings there, and they were doing the whole Joe Bean thing out at a festival. And I don't know how many people caught on to it, but for whatever reason, it just grabbed me in a really visceral way when I tried it that day. I wasn't even an everyday coffee drink. I'm still not. And it just grabbed me the right way, and I, I was hooked, and I've been a regular and an evangelist ever since. <laughs> an evangelist. I really, I mean, it really comes down to that. I mean, I've spent a long time, and I've, there's nary a conversation when I talk about food and drink in Rochester. If somebody's t- asking me where to go, if you want the best of what Rochester has to offer, this always on my list. Yeah, similarly, I think whenever anyone asks me uh, what my favorite coffee bean is, um, it's it's typically Joe Bean. Yeah, um, you 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 know, and maybe a few of your listeners know, I've slowly been drinking my way through every coffee roaster in New York State. It's a hell of a project uh, that you have. It is a hell of a project. What's the most recent one you've been drinking? Uh, North River Roasters out of um, Poughkeepsie, and okay, I, I don't. I hope none of your uh, Listeners get ticked that that's not in upstate New York, but that's a totally other discussion. Isn't that in upstate New York, Chris? <laughs> I just raised my hand. It depends who you talk to. Yeah. Some people would say, absolutely not. And some people would say, well, yeah, totally it is. But uh, that aside, um, they're in Poughkeepsie. So I was there a couple weeks ago. They've got a really interesting um, setup. They're in this, um, it's, it's called the Poughkeepsie Underwear Factory. Okay. And uh, it's, a, it's an old, um, you know, historical factory that's been repurposed into, um, you know, different units of, of things with living spaces. Seems and pretty, that's why, you know, on trend right now is the is. repurposed factory space. It is, yeah. Um, but what's interesting about North River Roasters, I actually got confused walking in there because I was walking into this cafe space with this open kitchen where you could actually, uh, I, I mean, like uh, everything was within arm's reach of the kitchen. And uh, I, uh, I I walked in not quite sure where to place my order. Okay. And it turns out there's two businesses. One of them is a kitchen that is rented. So if you have a business um, where you want to make just chocolate chip cookies and just sell them, you know, and you don't want to actually have your own kitchen space, um, you can actually, you know, rent this kitchen by the hour. Um, and then North River Coffee Roasters is next to that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we've, small little, uh, we've got something like that coming in Rochester as well. Yeah, it's definitely a model that's um, been, ar- I feel like, been around. Um, yeah. But... Which I'm actually, I think it's it a really cool thing. Yeah, I, it's I, awesome. I love that. It really uh, allows young businesses the chance to try it out in a real way and not just cook and, at home. Yeah, and not incur the costs that come with the startup of a of, of commercial kitchen. Absolutely. Better safety, better equipment. You can really do it for real. Even, and, even licensing. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, really cool. 
So North River Coffee Roasters, that's uh, that's where I got that. Nice. Um, yeah, it was good. I actually did a little coffee tour in Poughkeepsie. I wasn't able to hit everything, but I got, I think, five out of seven. Seven? Um, seven roasters in Poughkeepsie? Well, they're not all roasters. Okay, some, some of them are co- just coffee, coffee shops. shops. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yep. Well, that's, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, I forgot how we got talking about that. Um, oh, so we were talking about Joe Bean. Yeah, yeah, um, when it comes to actual beans. Yeah, yeah um, Joe Bean's beans... Um, are consistently some of my favorite. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking forward. I'm hopeful about the future. Um, yeah, with me them too. Focusing on uh, on roasting. You know, it's it's for me having spent so much time sitting at the bar. You know, going through different curated selections of craft beer and anything else, and having you know long Friday nights, Friday and Saturday nights, hanging out at the bar. Right. Way past when I should have been there. Right. Um, you know, it's, those are memories I'm, I'm not going to forget. I had a lot of great times there. That was your cheers. It was. I mean, I'm, for better word, it's true. Because I could go in there and I've met so many people I would consider friends now from hanging out there. Right. I mean, I met David Lane there, who is, you know, somebody we both enjoy talking totally, to. Totally, yeah. I've met a bunch of people there who at least are good acquaintances and some actual friends I've met there. Yeah. And... What a great thing. And I've, even if they're not people I ended up keeping in touch with, so many great conversations held over coffee and beer and everything else, just hanging out there, real conversations. And I yeah. think that's one of the things I really enjoyed about the space was how much it really facilitated those kind of conversations and interactions. Yep. It wasn't just go in, get out, and it wasn't a – like you could sit by yourself, but I couldn't sit by myself there. I, I never didn't matter if I was by myself. I could never sit by myself because somebody was going to ask me something, yeah, or bring me into some other conversation, yeah, or I just interjected myself because I couldn't help it. <laughs> <laughs> At least in recent years, I've never been described as shy. No, <laughs> no. So, so yeah, yeah, definitely shocking news, but I'm I'm very hopeful about uh, the focus. Yeah, I think so too. Of, of Joe Bean, I think so. it's there's a lot of good opportunities for you know their their wholesale. I think their canned cold brew is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I've had it a bunch this summer during trips, mm-hmm. and I think there's a lot of a lot of good stuff coming. And hopefully, there's at least a space where I can go get their coffee brewed by a professional. Right, and you know I'm gonna drink it at home regardless, but. Mm-hmm. I hope I'll have a chance to get it with made by a pro too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and then I guess the other thing is, you know, today's conversation on connections was surrounding um, surrounding the coffee scene, and it's a topic we've talked a lot about. Yeah, um, listening to uh, I think the guests the guests were Kathy from Joe Bean, uh, Rory from. Ugly Duck, and I didn't catch the other guy's name from Mellow Mug. Uh, I think it was Matt. I don't yeah. know his last name. Yeah. I, I've never met him before. Um, no, so. I've actually never been to the shop. Oh, no? I don't know if you have. I'm I assuming have. you have. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. it's right on the canal. It's a really nice little setting. Um, prior to Mellow Mug, it was a Roaster, and now I can't remember which one. Can- canal Town Coffee Roaster. Okay. Um, I think they were in that space. Okay. Um, yeah. It, it's um uh i would have thought 
it would be categorized as a second wave okay. coffee location. Sure. Um, uh, so I was, I thought it was an interesting um, addition to the conversation. Yeah, I've, I haven't been there. I can't, I can't say anything plus or minus about it. I know I've heard of them, and I know people that I've talked to have enjoyed going there, but that's mm-hmm. much as I can say about them. Yeah. yeah I think the topic today was kind of interesting, you know, talking about what is the uh, specialty coffee scene. I was, I was surprised at how, to be honest, I was surprised at how little back and forth there was about different kinds of coffee. It was really focused on specialty, and there was very little of the dissenting view about specialty coffee being pretentious and all this other stuff. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting. I was expecting more pushback. Well, I mean, how many people want to push back on that topic? Anymore, yeah. It's... I don't know. It's. I mean, think of all the people that you know in the coffee industry who wants to push back publicly on that topic, and how yeah, much is it really? True. And how much is it really worth it to push back on that topic? Because, I mean, if you think about the oh, the overall um, sense of what they were discussing, it was the coffee scene is great because everyone works together in Rochester to lift everyone up. Yeah, and it that doesn't happen if someone is saying, well, you guys are second wave, so you really shouldn't be around. Yeah. Um, well, that, that's not the case at all, because even I think they were talking, somebody called in and was talking about butter coffee. Yeah. Or, uh, or bullet coffee. Yeah, bulletproof um, coffee. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, and Rory, Rory said, um, he was like, yeah, there's definitely a room for it. Um, and like, I could almost, I could like sense that no one was saying like, yeah, we're going to start doing it. Cause I know that that's not what those shops are into, Yeah. but he's like, yeah, there's room for it. And there is room for all sorts of different types of coffee. Yeah. I guess, I guess what I was surprised at that the callers weren't saying, Hey, I really love all these kind of places. I, I wasn't expecting the third wave people to be anti second wave. Yeah. Because that's, I've, I know all these people at least to a point. Yeah. And that is, you're right. That's not their style. Right. And I think that generally is my point as well, is there, there is something for everybody. There should be. Yeah. And if somebody wants grass fed butter blended into their coffee with MCT oil, you know, good on them. I hope you can find it in some place that'll charge you an ungodly amount of money for it. And I gotta be honest. I've always been curious to try it. I've never tried it. I, 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 I take that back. You can buy it like bottled. Oh really? You can buy store. bottled now? Yeah, in the store. And I, I guess don't, I don't think it's a store. Me. I think it's uh, it's like a like it's like a carton, like a milk carton type okay. thing. Um, you can buy it in that. Okay. Um, so I w- wouldn't uh, say that I've had a true bulletproof coffee, but yeah. I've had a version of it. I had a little bit of it when I was in when I was just in New York. We stayed at a Airbnb in Bushwick. Uh, that's where we were staying, and the guy we were whose apartment it was, um, he was a health food and health food advocate, I would say, okay, or food as food as medicine kind of guy. Uh-huh. And he was one of the mornings he made, it, and he's like, "Hey, why don't you try some?" I'm like, "All right, I'll try a sip." I mean, I didn't <laughs> think it tasted particularly great. But I mean, it's supposed to have other benefits. For it's supposed to be different caffeine, right? Um, a different caffeine hit. You process it differently. Yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be like a longer, more drawn out caffeine thing. Yeah. And it's supposed to, I mean, 
grass-fed butter and these different oils are supposed to be good for you. I don't know. Right. I'm not so sure about any of that stuff as pure medicine, but it sounds good. It's got a great name. I think there's a lot to be said for good food as medicine. Yeah. I think good food generally is good yeah. for you. Yeah. But, you know, my my thoughts on good food have changed over the years. Yeah. Just as much as my views on a lot of things have changed over the last few years. <laughs> Well, I uh, personally am super excited to live in a city that has such a great coffee scene. Um, Absolutely. And that includes um, the second wave shops. I I do occasionally go to Starbucks. Um, I know that anyone who is a true coffee fan would just say that, like, I can't believe you would do that. But there are days when I just want to run into Starbucks and grab a, a flat white. I think um, it, it's it's not that I never buy anything from them. It's just super rare, and it's usually very specific sure. occasions. Like if yeah. I'm on a road trip and I need something, right? Or I mean, you're walking. Through I eat a lot of stuff O'Hare. when I'm on. A, yeah, when I'm on a road trip and I need something, right? I eat a lot of things. It's tough to find stuff when you're road trip, especially. I mean, in certain parts of um, even just New York State, yeah, you can go hours without finding good coffee so yeah man um, somebody somebody should have you on a show to talk about that topic (laughs) maybe sometime in the near future somebody (laughs) will do that it might yeah maybe that'll happen (laughs) yeah um but uh but i mean until you really experienced uh, other cities Maybe it would be difficult to appreciate what we really have in Rochester, but our coffee scene is robust. It is. If I may borrow that word. Um, That's terrible. Well, yeah, whatever. I'm glad you did it. But yeah, um, but yeah even a lot of the you know major cities around us, not talking huge cities, but you know, compared to Buffalo and Pittsburgh and totally. other cities like that, our coffee scene is very solid. Yeah. Agreed. And from top to bottom, there's a lot of options now. Yeah. Which, are, I mean, we couldn't have said, you know, five, six years ago. No, pro- no. It's probably doubled in that time period yeah. um, from what I've been keeping track of. And, and, and again, like most of what I keep track of is roasters. Um, so I know there are shops and there are shops that have come and gone. Um, but the number of roasters in Rochester is probably probably doubled. Yeah. Well, I've got more coffee talk coming. We're probably going to pivot away from coffee for the rest of this chat with my good buddy Chris Clemens. We'll go decaf. <sighs> On that really, really bad note, I think we're going to take our break and we will be right back. Before we get back to this week's episode, I'd like to take a second to talk to you about Frankly. That's P H R A N K L Y.com. Frankly is the best way to find out how your favorite local restaurants source their products and also how to find your favorite specialty goods. You can check out restaurants like Joe Bean Coffee, Marty's Meats, search for them on Frankly and find out where they source their goods from, or you can check out your favorite specialty product like Guglielmo Sauce, search for them on Frankly and find out all the locations you can buy their sauce all over. That's Frankly, P-H-R-A-N-K-L-Y dot com. All right, and we're back. After this long extended break, what did you do during the break, Chris? I mostly played on my phone. Oh, I thought you were going to say something whimsical and creative, but <laughs> that was whimsical and creative. Is that whimsical and creative for you? It was honest. Uh, see, that's the worst thing you can be is honest. 
<laughs> but speaking of honesty, one of, one of the things that Chris does as the chief exploring officer for <laughs> exploring upstate is he explores upstate. I do. Chris, what is upstate New York? <laughs> <laughs> that's... Uh, that's the conversation we're going to have? It, we're going to start with that because I know it rankles you. Well, it, it rankles everybody, yeah, I think, it, is why it bothers you. Um, I think it bothers me because no one is, I shouldn't say no one, oftentimes people are not open to the other opinions of how other people define the boundaries of upstate. Um, and it is such a huge, divisive topic for no reason yeah see i i i think pretty conclusively upstate is everything above new york city okay so i think there are individual regions right inside of upstate new york right so upstate new york is a subsection of new york state right and then western new york is a subsection of upstate new york right what's what's uh region are we in as rochester See, I, I've changed my mind on this. Have you? Originally, I thought it was part of Western New York. Okay. I don't. We're not Central New York. Correct. So, really, if we are anything other than Western New York, we are part of the Genesee Valley region. Genesee Valley Finger Lakes region. <laughs> I, know, I was. I figured you were going to say Finger Lakes, and I threw you off. It's it's really purpose. the it's the Monroe Finger Lakes region, and I think that is we could call that separate from. Western New York, or just say that we're part of, we're yeah. part of Western New York, and the Finger Lakes region is itself, right? And then there's Central, which is Syracuse and Utica, yeah, those kind of areas. It's incredibly confusing, yeah, um, and and, and it, it all depends who you talk to. I wrote, or no, I read, I read a um, an article today on Vine Pair. I don't know what that is, it's but it's a wine website that I much guess. I assumed yeah um and he wrote all about the finger lakes and he said that the finger lakes region was in the southern tier region of new york and i'm like dude i don't definitely don't think it's sen- first of southern all, tier if you're from california you need to touch base with someone in new york to ask them about the regions and the yeah, problem with sure. that and, and i realize that the problem with saying that you should do that is it depends on who you talk to on what answer you're going to get so fine just make up anything anyway <laughs> so for the purposes of exploring upstate, which is my blog, um, I define the geographical region that I'm allowed to write in as anything except Long Island or New York City. And essentially, the reason that I did that was because there are so many things outside of New York City that deserve attention. And if you Google like things to do in New York, all you get is New York City because all those guys are like... SEO masters and there's tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of content. Are you an SEO apprentice? Uh, shaky, <laughs> shaky apprentice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like I've learned a little over the years. Yeah. Um, and there's a, a couple keywords that I rank higher than Wikipedia for. So those made me really happy. That's not bad. Yeah. So I've gotten good. I've um, heard of that. I've heard of that areas. website. Yeah. <laughs> That's out there. I think Wikipedia.net, right? It might be it, it might be a dot net. Yeah, probably not, but yeah. <laughs> you could find it on the Excite uh search engine. Alta Vista. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um so anyway, um if you were so, so for the purpose of exploring upstate, basically it's the whole state except New York City but Long Island. But to be fair, I probably would say that some of that just above New York City is downstate. 
Um, and downstate is a, a region that I would refer to. However, downstate is comprised of some other regions on its own, like Hudson Valley and Catskills. Yeah. And there's even a little bit of Appalachia in there. Um, so I, I think, I, I don't know if you saw it, I wrote, I think it was maybe back in January, and what I felt was an exhaustive um, research into how our regions are defined. See, I remember reading it. Uh-huh. I remember not caring as much because <laughs> I just consider everything above New York upstate. <laughs> um, so I got through the first paragraph and I clicked <laughs> off. I, which read is, the, I read the whole damn thing. But which is why your website's bounce rate is so terrible. Oh, yeah, I, I contribute highly to that, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I also purposely didn't read some of his recent articles so we could talk about some of them today. Excellent. Um, but yeah, so it, upstate is all this stuff. Yeah, but, but there's definitely um, defining regions within upstate. Like you said, there's central New York. There's um, the Thousand Islands, Seaway. There's certainly the Adirondack region, the capital region. And then you can really get into sort of micro regions. Like I said, the Genesee Valley. Um, Rochester kind of fits with Buffalo in western New York, but it also kind of fits with the Finger Lakes. Um, But our geology is really pretty unique from both of those. And much of that has to do with the Genesee River. So if you kind of follow the Genesee River all the way south into Pennsylvania, we kind of have a kinship with um, with some of those regions, um, towns, and geological formations down there. Shouldn't you follow it north because that's the way the water flows? If, yeah, but I'm already in Rochester. Oh, God. If I started in Pennsylvania, I would go north. Yeah, obviously. Um, but I'm already here. Yeah. It's such a pain sometimes. Yeah, whatever. Ooh, I'm in a place. Man. <laughs> I don't know why... <laughs> I don't know. I'm just feeling antagonistic yeah, today that's for no right. reason. That's all right. I'll just take it. It's been a day. Yeah. Um, so where where have you been derail recently? Derail the train? No, the I, th- I think okay. we're good. Where right. where have you been recently, Chris? Where have I been recently? To your house. Okay. Yeah we we were we were swimming the other day and we were um, <laughs> saying things we probably wouldn't say on the podcast. <laughs> um, you know. Uh, where have I been? So last weekend, I went to the Garlic Festival. Probably not you know, all that much of a trip. It's about just... Su- is that technically still Geneva? It's certainly um, just south of what, you know what I know I, definitely is Geneva. I, I don't know if it's technically... I don't think it's Geneva still, but it is the west side of Seneca Lake. And I, I went that weekend as well. I went yeah. on Saturday. You went on Sunday. I did. And... So it's at Fox Run Vineyards. Yep. It is a long-running festival. I don't yeah. know how long, but it is... A very long running festival and one that I go to relatively frequently. And it is a thing. I mean, there is a ton of people that go to this. It um, is. It's a really interesting opportunity to taste garlic in its raw state. Very few people do that other than at festivals. Right. Um, um, and I guess the the experience that I had that was unique was tasting raw garlics next to one another, mm. um, which I'd never really done like a garlic flight, if you will. Um, There's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, my stomach was telling me what that reason was later in the evening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, but I, I mean, I've obviously had plenty of garlic in my life, um, and I've had raw garlic. But seeing the differences between the different garlics side by side was um, was an interesting experience. I, I hadn't done that before, so that was cool. Yeah, I, I enjoyed. I've enjoyed. I've done that a few times, and I think the part I really enjoy is seeing. Hey, 
like, oh, yeah, this one that everybody knows about just doesn't have that much flavor. Yeah. And there are plenty of opportunities locally to buy individual varieties of garlic from actual garlic growers. Right. Or from, you can get it from your CSA or from wherever else. Ask what version your garlic is. Uh, the other cool thing about the garlic festival is it brings in tons of local vendors, not just of garlic, mm-hmm. from producers all around the Finger Lakes, whether it be cheeses or specialty oils or crafts and all sorts of things. It's a really nice gathering of local producers. Mm-hmm that you don't often get that kind of concentration of all that stuff. It's yeah. it's kind of nice from that angle. Yeah. Now, of course, like I said, it is a thing. There's a ton of people there. If you don't want to be around crowds, it's not going to be your favorite place to be. Yeah, but I also, like, because I'm not a huge fan of crowd festivals. Right. Um, but I wouldn't say it's overwhelming. No. Um, it, it was a very hot weekend. I went out mm-hmm. with uh, one of my, frankly, co-founders uh, and his wife. And we spent some time out there, you know, talked to different vendors. Uh, we talked to the chef out at Fox Run, who's one of my favorite people out in that area. He does some really good food. If you happen to be out in that area, you should definitely stop into the cafe and get some of the stuff. Good sourcing, uh, nice food. There's not a lot of, I mean, there's more food on the west side of Seneca Lake than you'd think, but yeah. it's a great stop because it's not everywhere. Right. And a lot of the stuff is portable, too. It's a nice place to stop in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoyed that. And when I went down that day, I also did, uh, Billsboro winery on the way out sort of to decompress after our garlic fest experience. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy that place a lot. Not a place you've probably been to. They don't have anything for me. Nothing for you. Yeah. Uh, one of my preferred wineries on the West side of Seneca Lake, a lot of very interesting selections, um, complex complex wines. They won the Governor's Cup a couple of years ago, and they've got a couple different rosés on the menu. Some varieties a lot of people don't grow. I bought a bottle of Albarino from them, hmm. which more popular in Spain. And it's it's a place I always really enjoy going. Very relaxed, really good tastings. Um, when you went out, did you guys do anything else? We did, actually. So I was uh, with uh, our, our friend Andrew Brady. Yep, he's... Yeah, for all the people I know that are around Rochester, yeah, like you're around a lot. I'm around a lot. Yeah, Andrew is around a lot. <laughs> he's at everything. He knows everybody. Yeah, he's he's, he's one of those guys connecting. Yeah, he's he's connected to lots of different stuff. I I don't know how he does all the stuff he does. I don't know how he has the energy. But somebody who you who I met through a tea tasting thing over at. Happy Earth Tea or uh, Leaf Tea Bar. It was Happy Earth Tea at the time. Right. He was actually telling... So I went with Andrew and um, a friend of his from out of the country who was visiting. And uh, and he was actually telling the story of that night, how we met. Oh, that. really? Because remember, I was with you. It was Yeah, I remember you and I were there. Yep. And he was sitting did across we meet, the table. Did both of us meet him that night? That's the night that we both met oh, Andrew geez, for the first wow. time. Yeah. Um, and uh, was his name Neil? Uh, on Instagram, he's uh, Have Tea Will Travel. Oh, yes, yes. It's not that, but yes. I, oh, then I'm going to feel terrible. No, it's not Neil. I mean, I'm going to look up Instagram now. Hold on a second. Edit this out then. Yeah, no, go ahead. You Hopefully talk talk about this. this thing, and I'll bring it up. Go which, ahead. Which thing? 
You talk about the the tea thing you guys did after. Oh yeah, so Andrew's a huge tea fan, um, and uh, we were in Geneva, um, headed back. So we take up fourteen to get on the the throughway, and not r- um, far from there is the Waterloo Premium Outlets. Right across the street is the Finger Lakes Tea House, um, which I've seen a number of times. It's right near the outlets, and I've yeah. I've always seen it, and I've never gone in. I it's, remember. You telling me stories about how they grew their own tea for a while. They did try that. Yeah, they tried it a few times. It's an intriguing appearance because you're out in the middle of um, rural country land and you're at the Waterloo Premium Outlets and there's like this stone driveway to a stone parking lot to a red pole barn. Um, (laughs) And it doesn't look like you're like, oh, this doesn't really seem like it would be an experience. But it turns out you walk inside and there's like millions of teas um, from all different regions of the world, all different types of teas that you don't see other places. Um, so, uh, so it was pretty legit. So I said, Andrew, we're here. You, sh- we should do this. Yeah, and uh, we did. So I did find the guy's name. It is Noah. Noah, damn, and somebody who I Sorry, enjoy buddy. talking to about tea. Uh, but yeah, it's that's, and I, I love hearing that because it's a place I've seen so many times, and I really want to go in because yeah, you should. You get a routine for when you're going into an area. Like when I go into Geneva right. now, I stop at Monaco's Coffee. Yep. And, you know, I might stop at the Wienery for lunch or dinner down on, you know, midway Dundee. down Geneva. Down Geneva, down uh, Seneca Lake. Yeah. And I'll stop in there. You, you get a routine going, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's nice to twist it around and try something different. I always love breaking up that routine. That I, I, That's very important for me personally. Um, it's fulfilling to break up that routine. That's kind of what you Um, do, right? I I try to, yeah. Um, As much as possible, I try to constantly find something new. And even if I'm someplace where I know, like, I really like this and I only have, like, a short amount of time, I'm going to go try the other one anyway. Yeah, you know, I I have that in me, but I... I do have places that I just go. Sure. Whether it's restaurants or coffee shops or certain things. Right. I, I do have places I go regularly, but... I. I think the exploration thing is super underrated. Actually, just going and trying something new. Yeah, totally. Doesn't, doesn't matter if it's the same. It's a different version of something you already know, but something different. Exactly. Um, so uh, the Finger Lakes Tea House was uh, was pretty awesome. Actually, one of the times it was, I believe it was a Mother's Day weekend, maybe a few years ago. I went. I was with my mom. Mm. Um, doing something. I, we probably went to a winery or something, and we stopped in the tea house, and Naraj was there. Oh, beautiful. So, I mean, so then, like, I knew, I'm like, this place is legit then. Yeah. <laughs> if, if he's here. Absolutely. It's, it's, I love signs like that. We're like, oh, this guy would not go to a place that I don't, that way I wouldn't exactly. want to go to. It was also cool to, I mean, haphazardly run into someone you know from Rochester when you're an hour away. Yeah. Or 45 minutes, however. Yeah. yeah. It was, like, I, I was down on Sunday as well. I went to an event over at Hickory Hollow for their um, Chapika release. It's a uh, natural pet, uh, a pet nat uh, wine. So it's uh, naturally, naturally fermented in the bottle for, you know, to get sparkling. Man, my words are just falling off of my face today. It's It's, not, this is not good. You're deep into the grape juice. Yeah. (laughs) It's really slowing me down, this whole grape juice thing. The C6H1206, all the glucose your body's trying to process. Chemistry, huh? Oh, yeah. That, that's what's going on here? Oh, yeah, chemistry. 
Anyways, so I was at Hickory Hall for this uh, for this wine release, and I ran into, you know, I met probably four different people I had conversations with there. One person I knew. The rest, I just you end up meeting people while you're there and having conversations. You find yeah. out they do cool things. Right. One of the guys works over at the Olney Place. Oh yeah, and he does a lot of the beer pouring over there. One of the guys is the winemaker at Anthony Road up the street, mm-hmm. and you just you end up meeting a lot of cool people when you go and actually talk to people. Yeah. And I think that's something that I've I've always known, and I'm sure I know you do a fair amount when you travel, where you'll actually just start up conversations with people and yeah, try to learn something. Yeah, it depends on my mood. <laughs> so you're saying you can be antisocial sometimes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you, I, I, you know me. that I typically, and my, my closest friends know this about me, that I'll hit a tipping point of human interaction. Where I've, you know, I've been around people, I've been at parties, I've been doing this for a few days, and now I'm like, I'll see you guys in a week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to open a book, I'm going to light a cigar, don't talk to me. Uh, and it, what, what's it, the cigar you've been into most recently? The cigar that I've been into most recently? I've been smoking an American blend from Alec Bradley. Okay. Um, what what about it strikes you? I know nothing about this. I just like asking you because I find it interesting. Yeah, so this is just slightly sweet. Okay. Um, so it's certainly not a flavored cigar, but it's just ever so slightly sweet. Um, and uh, it's a milder cigar, uh, which I'm into lately. Sort of more uh, of like, a more of a daily, a daily, not like a special occasion. This is one you don't feel bad about smoking on a oh totally regular basis. Yeah, no, this is probably like a five six dollar cigar. Okay. Um, no, uh, across the board, my favorite cigar ever, like on the planet, um, in my. 25 years of smoking cigars is a Padron anniversary. Right, and we've talked about that one before. Yeah, that one I could smoke every single day all day long and just always be in heaven, but those are like 25 bucks a piece. So not an everyday no. enjoyer. No. Um, but like it's, it's, it's weird when we talk about that. It's because I know we, we talk the same language with some of this stuff. Yeah. And we can talk about what is what is an everyday thing and what's something that you enjoy that's you really love it, but you wouldn't want every day. Yeah, I would want it every day. Oh, so it's you'd want it every day too. Oh, I totally would smoke a Padron every single day if I it's I can't afford to. Yeah, there's definitely I do, I do have a cigar every single day. Yeah, see what um, there's, there's there's stuff in my like liquor cabinet where I don't drink like whiskey every day, but if I were drinking a whiskey every day, it would probably be the most expensive one I have. Right. Um, actually, you know, I don't think it would. I think there's other ones in the cabinet that I would drink more often. Yeah. Even if I price was not an object and I could just drink as much of it as I wanted, I, I think I would probably would drink one of the cheaper ones more often. Yeah. Because the, the most expensive one I have is, you know, I've got a couple scotches, but the the rye I have from Vermont, it's not one I'd want to drink maybe every day. Yeah. It's it's really good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're talking about just a regular sipper, it's a, the one I would sip more often is a little smoother. Yeah. Maybe not quite as challenging. Um, but I really see. good nonetheless. And, and, and much like the exploration thing, I like a variety. So yeah. even though I would love to smoke a Padron anniversary, 1964 every single day. Yeah. I, I, I can't afford to, and that's fine because I probably have 35 different um, types of cigars in my humidor right now, and I, I like to mix it up based on how I'm feeling that day, what I'm going to be drinking with it. Um, so, 
Anyway. So you're pairing too. Oh, oh, I've all yeah, absolutely. Really? See, I, I didn't know you did that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I would pair the same way a sommelier would, you know, say, "Hey, this goes with this." Yeah, but that's that's um, not important. That's when people actually, the fact that you're doing it, I'm mindful of the flavor of cigar that I'm going to be smoking, the body of the cigar, and what I'm going to be having with it. That's really interesting, yeah. and it makes it makes total sense now that you've said it. Yeah. But I probably never thought about it that way before. Yeah. And sometimes, uh, sometimes I will want a pairing that's complementary um, with you know similar notes, and sometimes I'll want stuff that's completely opposite. I mean, this, um, by the way, everything you're saying is very much what a sommelier would talk about. Yeah. When it comes to pairings, is sometimes yeah. you want comparing, and sometimes you want contrasting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'll want a, a you know a bitter tonic water with a sweeter cigar. Oh, that sounds really um, nice. Yeah, and then sometimes I'll just want like a really sweet, um, you know, root beer, mm. um, a vanilla root beer or something. No. But anyway, I digress again. Tonic water sounds good though. I yeah. good tonic water is really delicious. Yeah. Except for just a lot of it's awful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to drink it by the jug. No, some of it's very tasty though. The good stuff is really worth spending your time on. When I uh, when I stopped. Drinking and doing all the other activities. The, the stuff, yeah. Um, tonic with lime was kind of a drink that I drank regularly. And that's because people assume you have a drink in your hand, so they don't say, hey, well, how, come you're, how come you're not drinking? Right. The, um, the last thing you want is somebody being all worried about it. Like, just shut up. Don't, don't right. ask me questions. Yeah. So having a glass of tonic water with lime is a great way to just, like, blend in. Yeah. So I'm sure you kind of got used to it after a while, too. Totally. So, where else have you been recently? Uh, uh, Saturday, I was in Holly. I went to Herd Orchards. Okay. Uh, I went with our friend Michael Warren Thomas. The man with three first names. <laughs> the man with three first names. <laughs> According to Adam Wilcox. <laughs> uh, um, our friend Hannah also was there. Hannah, okay. Hannah Berry. Um, and I, they had never met. And when, uh, when we arrived, I said, I said, oh... Hannah, this is Michael Warren Thomas, and <laughs> he go and he go. He looks at her. He goes, "You can call me just Michael." <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It's like I always. I call him Michael when I see him. I've definitely never called him Mike because he's definitely not a Mike, right? And I say that. I, mean, I I'm very. I usually go for the shorter name, and usually I'll go for the shorter name than the shorter name, right? Like every Kevin I know is Kev. Really? Almost by definition. Well, I, I don't know if they go by it, but that's, that's how that's, that's, that's always what I had. I go the shortest name possible. I mean, I, I would not in conversation one on one address him as Michael Warren Thomas, but in an introduction. Um, so I felt every it was yeah, it's like if I walk up to him and say, "Oh, hello, Michael Warren Thomas. Nice <laughs> to see you." <laughs> right. That would be that would be weird. It would be a little bit odd. Right. But, but I if mean, if I introduced you to someone else, I'd say, "Oh, this is Chris Lindstrom." Yeah, I mean, um, he's definitely his name as far as i'm concerned is michael warren thomas right i've never heard him referred to as michael thomas yeah um no. so that is i've never heard him said that so that's i only say michael warren thomas yeah. if i introduce him so your listeners probably know who he is he's been yeah. on your podcast uh, before, for the love so. of food he's his radio show every weekend yeah. amongst his five hours on uh, wysl right uh, wysl good, radio got a good memory I try. I was I was trying to remember the actual numbers, but I don't think I had it in me. I think it's eleven forty a.m. But 
Um, so for years, he's been like two days before this uh, annual dinner. He's been like, hey, c- come with me out to the whatever the name of the event is that year. And I'm like, oh, I got plans. So this year he got me like two weeks in advance. Um, so I was able to make it happen. And I'm really, really glad I did. I've driven past Herd Orchards many, many times. I've read about Herd Orchards. I've heard amazing things uh, about them. I've had their fruit. It's fantastic. And now I will agree, um, now that I've had it at this dinner. So they do, um, this one that they had was called the Midsummer Night's Tasting. And it's interesting. You asked earlier when we first started, if we were halfway through summer, the idea with this dinner was that they had sort of finished the first fruit harvest of the year, and they were just getting into the second fruit harvest, into like the apples and stuff like that. So this dinner um, had 22 recipes. And yeah, I've heard they, it. It's crazy. It was crazy, but it was amazing. It really was a storybook setting and fantastic food. I mean, every single thing I ate, I thought, oh, my God, this is great. Even stuff that I wouldn't normally have eaten, um, I ate it because I'm there and I want the experience and I want to try it. And then I end up finding like, oh, my God, this really is great. What is the thing you had that you didn't think you would like? I think the thing that I was the most surprised about was a curried soup and and it had zucchini in it. Um, And and again, yeah, like it sounds delicious. Does it really? Yeah, of course. Right off the bat? Yeah, absolutely. To me, um, it doesn't. Oh, see, I, I love zucchini. I like curry soups. So for me, that just like, that sounds like a, a crossover summery dish. Could be yeah. really fresh with some of those warm spices. It was. Mm. Yeah. It Maybe was, some yogurt base sounds delightful. Um, it was a goat cheese. Yep. That um, makes sense. It was topped on there. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it was, re- that, that's, I, I think that was the thing that surprised me. They're like, oh, do you want a piece of triple berry pie? And in my head, I'm like, of course I'm going to like that. Yeah. I know it's going to be amazing. Um, but the, uh, the curried soup thing, I think surprised me the That's most, awesome. which is why it stood out in my mind. It's also um, it, when you're having so many things out there, you have the opportunity to try all this different stuff. Yeah, that really was cool. Um, cause the way they do it, I mean, there's 22 recipes, so you're not eating full portions of everything. There are sample not. portions, but you are allowed to go back as many times as you want for the stuff that you really like. So if there's something that, you know, you really wanted more of the pie, you could have a full portion if you kept going. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, it was a great way to taste all that stuff. I know Michael said really complimentary things about that event, and I'm very excited. I, I hope I can get to go to the, uh, to the fall event. I haven't, I haven't been to any of them, and I've always wanted to go out there and check them out. I know they highly recommend that. So a lot of great stuff to places all around Rochester. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. So that's what I did last weekend. Um, the weekend before, I was at the Wat Palau Budadam in Henrietta that I didn't have to travel for. Nice. Yeah. That is a Laotian Buddhist temple. Um, and it's a, a, a Laotian community. Um, and many of them actually come from even other areas. Like you'll have people coming in from Batavia and even Utica. Um, so that's kind of like their Greek fest. Okay. Um, it's their temple festival and it's open to the public. Um, but the food was... So awesome. See, I love stuff like that. Those are some of my favorite events in and around Rochester. I haven't been to that one, something I know I would enjoy. Um, but you did just go to a unique one a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was maybe maybe a little over a month ago. Hmm. This was at the um, the Islamic Cultural Center over on Culver. Right. This I'm going to try and pronounce it. I'm probably going to butcher it, but this is the Hamidiyeh Mosque over on um, over on Culver. 
It's like right across from McDonald's, just north of Main Street. Yeah, it just looks like a white house, right? It does just look like a white house. I've been I've been there before. There's a little kebab house behind that you can go to. Um, they're Turkish, and you can go back there and get kebabs cooked on charcoal. It's amazing, which are really delightful. Yeah. Um, and it's a place. There's no publicity about this place. People don't know about it. And it's still open, still making good food. But I guess this is the second second or third year they've done this event where it's not just Turkish, but they have foods from all over the Islamic world all around uh, their grounds. And places that don't have restaurants here in Rochester, there was a Bosnian stand. There was all different. Uh, where Chris and I, we had Bosnian food out in Utica. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had a fair amount out there, but there was a Bosnian stand oh, here. What's the name of that market? Uh, Res- Resnick? Oh, yeah, Resnick. Yep. You do have a good memory. Here and there, man, here and there. Uh, I don't remember all the different cuisines that were at this festival, but I'd say well over half are places that we definitely have we have no restaurants for. Hmm. So it's an opportunity to meet people from uh, from different areas. You know, talk about where they're talk about where they're from. One guy was from, you know, he grew up in Toronto, and he had a different cultural background, and he likes cooking his food and showing people what they have. Yeah, and it was great. We got a lot of interesting dishes. So if you pay attention to different events around Rochester, it's one I would definitely recommend going to. Well, really, any of these cultural festivals. I mean, the Greek one's very popular. Yeah. I, oh, I, I definitely think there's some popular ones that people go to because they know about them. And then there's a whole bunch that people don't know, one, that they exist, two, that they can go to. Those are the ones I enjoy the most. Yeah. Um, and the, the um, Wat Palau, um, super open to having yeah. visitors to this festival, but they probably don't have a great um, marketing presence. Yeah, I think similar um, to the so, one I went to as well. Yeah, so a lot of people don't know about it. And much like the conversation that Evan Dawson was having today in Connections with Coffee, sometimes it's intimidating to walk into something and have no idea what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, the Greek festival is a little bit more familiar. Um, yeah, for sure. It's And people people know that kind of food maybe a little bit more. You know, the yeah, that go, could be. Yeah, they you generally know, know what, they're, what they're in for. Right. And you know what? If you didn't know this stuff, some of, some of the things you, you might, oh, what are they doing? But you know one. What's, er, well, what is spinacopita? Well, what are you what are you doing here? What's what's this whole thing? Bastizio, ah, bastizio. But it was it was great. Like you go up to a thing, you just watch them for a second, and you can see what they're doing. Really, it everything translates. Yeah. One was kind of like a quesadilla, and now I'm not saying that because just to you know dumb it down. But it was I, I also forget the name of the dish. Uh-huh. But it was like a Turkish quesadilla, and it was fantastic. You know, with different different fillings, and all cooked on this uh, steel uh, steel convex uh, little cooking cooking vessel. It was it was great, all, and it was all different cultural stuff. But this is why I love talking about this stuff because I know you go to these things too. Yeah, totally. It's, when I know about them, yeah, and it's yeah. there's there's more around here than than you'd think. Yeah, because I'd been to a Turkish one out in Gates before. Yep. Um, I don't know if this was the an extension of that or no. There are there are very there's a separate group. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, there's multiples of these around. So definitely one of those things you really want to keep your eye out for. Uh, you know what? 
that Turkish one might be at the end of August, if your listeners are interested. Okay. I seem to recall going to that one the same weekend that I went to the Balloon Festival in Dansville, uh, which is always Labor Day weekend. Yeah, that's, so, one, that's one I went to once, but the balloons were grounded, and I'm like, I don't care for this. It was The only reason to be there was for the balloons. I'm not here for balloons on the ground. No, I want them in the air. Damn it, come on. But your listeners might um, be interested to know. I'm pretty sure that Turkish um, festival is in late August in Gates. Okay. Yeah, and it's, you know, I'd say generally just keep your eye out for those kind of things. If anybody talks about them, it's pretty limited. But I guess the message I would leave for you is if you're driving around and you see a sign for something, just stop. Oh, I thought you were going to say tell us. Oh, you can tell us too. But but if you're going around, you see, you know, hey, there's a church barbecue driving through the city. If you see any of those kind of things, just stop and get some food. Yeah. Talk to people, ask a few questions. And I've never had a bad experience doing that. No? I don't think so. I'd have, I've had some not great food. Okay. Got a fair. I've never had a bad experience. Got it. So even if the food's not great, I always have a good time talking to the people and yeah learning a bit about what they're doing and why they're doing it. Right. I've had plenty of mediocre food at those kind of okay. things. Okay, all right. Now we're on the same page. Um, but yeah, it's. I never regret stopping at one of those places. Last year, I drove through a town, and I saw this tiny little ramshackle building had like a hand painted sign that said barbecue. Yep. And like I was salivating for months. And I'm not gonna say where it is. Yeah. But I drove an hour one night after work. You um, and I have both done the hour drive for something before we're Oh yeah, that's not that yeah, that's nothing for me. Especially for barbecue. Yeah. Like if I'm excited about barbecue, I'll leave after work and I'll drive for an hour. I'll do that. Yeah. Um and it was such a letdown. Yeah. Oh, I was so bummed. Well, but you- New experience. Yeah. Um, new experience under the belt. I like that. Is that the saying, under the belt? Yeah, sure. Um, literally. <laughs> and uh, I, I sort of see it as like a, like a checklist. And my checklist is basically everything in existence. Other than that, no big deal. Right, exactly. Yeah. I've checked a lot of stuff off my checklist um, because you just go and try something new. Well, and I think what we'll do is, as you check more things off the list, we'll have you back to talk about more stuff. Cool. But I think we're going to call it for today. I am guessing that the only people that are still listening are our parents. My parents don't listen to this garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't, why don't you tell the people where to find you on social media? Uh, you can find uh, Exploring Upstate on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash exploringupstate. And on Twitter, it's EXPLR Upstate. Same thing on Instagram. Nice. Well, thanks for coming over, Mr. Clemens. Hey, thank you very much for having me. It's always uh, an honor to uh, to be here and always a joy to talk to you. We'll, okay. Oh, hold on. We, we got we to do this near the thing. Bring, bring the glass over. I don't know if that worked. No, it worked. All right, we're going to stop now. <laughs> Punchline. See everybody next time.